Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles, so you've had a few days to let it sink in, and when you look back, like where did it go horribly wrong? What the heck happened? Obviously, we were a little bit beat up with a couple injuries, and it's not an excuse or anything, but that's just the way it was. And I said it in my exit meeting that for me, it was probably the toughest loss that we've had since I've been here with what we've done in the regular season and the first round with Memphis. Being up 0-2, and then we played some really good quarters and halves, but we didn't really put it all together to win that series. So once again, you're going back to look at yourself individually. Obviously, the team will look at the team, and we'll get our minds right to be ready for the start of next year. Joe Ingles on the Joe Ingles show this morning, which uh, Joe's always good, but he was particularly good today. Toughest and, loss ever. Yeah, I got the, that impression from Donovan Mitchell in his post game too. Yeah, he was very emotional. Well, we talked about it. It, it. it was not only a heck of a way to lose a series, but a heck of a way to lose a basketball game. I, I certainly and get end it. of season. Yeah, and you know? end of season, blowing a twenty-five point lead in like nine minutes. <laughs> I, I don't know whether I've ever seen a lead evaporate that quickly. Have you? Uh, rarely, if ever. Yeah. Well, Locke got into, I wish uh, I remember what the number was, but Locke got into the win likelihood, you know? Wasn't he like 99.8% yeah, I don't something? know if it was that high, but it was in the 90s. I mean, they, you know, to to collapse like that is is just brutal. Just brutal. I I certainly would understand that opinion. That that was the toughest loss ever. I would get it. We're not making our listeners feel any better, you know. You know, there's not a, time is the only thing that's going to do that, Gordon. Because <laughs> it was, and the, you know, people the, are still getting over Jordan pushing off. The fact that the door is as open as wide as it is too is is just got to be painful. I mean, you don't look at a, a a club left in the playoffs and say their heads and, uh, and shoulders ahead of the Jazz when they're healthy. Yeah. So I mean, to to watch. The playoffs go forward. I'm sure. In 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 fact, uh, Joe said it in his interview. He said it, it doesn't feel like it's over. It feels like we should be headed to practice. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's tough. That's tough. That you know, there's there's no there's no sugarcoating losing a series that way. There's there's just not. I mean, we can we can look at the injuries and like Joe said, that was a cause. That was something. You can't ignore it. Uh, you know, Mike Conley's too good. And Donovan Mitchell was was affected, but specifically Mike, he's too good to say, oh, it was a non-factor, because of course it was. But to to lose after being up 2-0. Tell me if I'm softening on this, because the more I think about it, the more I am willing to accept that injury thing. Because initially, the Jazz had, had cranked up the expectations so high, regardless of what the situation was, that you know, we knew that not having Mike Conley. We saw enough of that during the end of the regular season to see it slipping away a little bit when he wasn't there. So we, we knew that. But still, we just sort of thought that they would find a way. Uh, they won the first two games. Maybe that's why. But I, as I've thought about it, Mike Conley is so important to that team. And with Donovan being hobbled, and no matter what anybody says, he was hobbled and it was affecting his play. He was not as vertical. He was didn't have the explosiveness that he typically has. And so it left him more vulnerable. And it certainly hurt the Jazz. So, I mean, I'm not using that as a full excuse for the team, but but maybe we should make a little more space for that. Yeah. Yeah, we should. I, I've always hated the, well, it's uh, injury. You're just making excuses. 
I mean, that's that's disregarding reality. I mean, well, but the fact that Kawhi Leonard got hurt too, maybe that ratcheted that back up again. You know, maybe it like did. A, and and if you want to break down this individual circumstance, but like, look, years ago, why did Toronto win the title? Because Kevin Durant got hurt. And what? And Clay Thompson, too, for that matter, right? I mean, injuries were the reason. You look at the the title LeBron won in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, there were injuries. Uh, Golden State, Steph was playing on one leg. Those are reasons. Mike Conley was an all-star this year. You, you can't, oh, it's just an excuse. You mean one of your three best players doesn't play? That's of course, that's a and then factor. And when he does play, it, it was obvious that he was compromised. How could you? How could you pretend that that's not a factor in in something? Now we can examine how much, and maybe you think the Jazz should have won anyway. I'll, I'll listen, to, but but don't disregard it entirely. That's ridiculous. That's ignoring reality. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's dawned on me more over the last couple of days. I I was I was speaking. Uh, at you, not to you there. I no, apologize. I, I, I was, no, uh, no, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But I think that's probably true of a lot of people who have watched this team. Uh, you know, they lost, and should they have lost? Were they better than the Clippers? Well, not over that stretch, that's for sure. The, hard, the hard part in this particular series, Gordon, is what Locke was talking about yesterday. Without Mike Conley, it allowed the Clippers to develop an extraordinarily effective game plan that the Jazz had no answer for. Right. And that's a pretty slim margin of error, I guess, but Mike Conley's also really good. And athletic players that can beat guys off the dribble against switching defenses, I mean, they don't grow on trees. Especially the way he was coming on strong distributing the ball. Right. You know, the team was very comfortable with him. We saw the difference over those uh, last couple weeks of the regular season when he was not in the lineup. Uh, It was... Teams figured that out in a hurry. Yep. I and why I'm becoming more and more solidified on the opinion that the Jazz need to do what they have to do to bring him back, or what is within their capability to convince him to come back, because he's still good, and you can't let an asset like that go and not be able to replace him. Unless you can replace him. I am in this case, yeah. I it would be extraordinarily difficult. I think. So it's. You know, that's just dawning on me more and more as time is going by. And I don't know whether Joe, Joe, did he talk about that at all in any kind of depth about the loss of Conley and what that meant? He he was um, at least, well, I think I heard all of it. Um, he he tried not to make an excuse. Well, what's he supposed to say? You know, the fact that I had to replace uh, Mike uh, didn't work out very well and I wasn't. Up to the task. Is that what he's supposed but to he, say? But he mentioned it. He said, we we're missing key guys. Mm-hmm. You take Michael Jordan off the Bulls and they lose a series. Are you going, well, that's no excuse? Well, Mike Conley isn't Michael Jordan. But you get my point. Mm-hmm. I always just, Fine, take Magic Johnson off of us. <laughs> oh, they'd be better without Buck. <laughs> just like the Expos without, uh, what's his name? Harper. <laughs> better team. Um, so neither of you believe that's Trent Forrest's time to... To take no, over here. No. All right. However, take Byron Scott off those Lakers teams. <laughs> L. He was the worst player on the, <laughs> in the starting lineup. Come on. Magic Johnson is pound for pound the best point guard who ever lived. I was way off on that. Way <laughs> I mean, I've been off on some stuff, but that. <laughs> nice recovery. <laughs> that was there, buddy. way off. Yeah. Way off. But, you know, to, to bring this back, Gordon, I, I do think. 
Um, you know, Joe Ingles, another thing he talked about in the Joe Ingles show today was how he was uh, on board to convince Mike Conley to uh, to come back or, you know, uh, encourage. Uh, he Joe was also careful to say, hey, I understand guys make their own decisions and Mike Conley's never been a free agent. And he said the right things, but he said he would be willing uh, to do whatever the franchise asked of him to convince Mike Conley to didn't, stay. Didn't he say the same thing before Gordon Hayward left? Yeah, and I think he was at that infamous meeting in San Diego, wasn't he? Wasn't it uh, where where uh, uh, Gail Miller and the the front office the and, crew. and didn't Joe fly home like fly back from Australia to go to the meeting? Yeah, and so then uh, when Favors was going through his free agency, you remember. Favors told Joe Ingles, you don't have to come fly out and see That's me. right. <laughs> you know, but I'm starting right. to worry about Joe's persuasive abilities. You know. Oh, we'll man. We'll see what happens with uh, wait, That was the most unfair thing ever because Gordon Hayward was gone. Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice if he had told somebody there that. There probably you know. wasn't a uh, a person on the planet that could have been at that meeting that would have gotten him to change his mind. Uh, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, you know, I think you should stay with the Jazz, Gordon. Don't come! Don't come here! Don't come play for me! Don't do it. Well, that didn't work out so well, did it? Um, I I mean, Mike Conley seemed to in I don't want this is so overused, but enjoy his time here. I mean, he said nice things. His, uh, Joe talked about how their um, kids are in school together, and yeah, but Mike Conley could be playing in Antarctica, and he would make it sound like it's a garden spot. No, I got you, but it's I, just the way he is. But I don't get the impression it was like a Derek Fisher situation where it was like, "Get me out of here as soon as humanly possible," <laughs> which is what we heard about him from yeah. the day he was traded here. I know because you've heard the same stuff I did. Yep, that he did not want to be here, not for an additional moment than he had to be, and that played out how it did. So, Derek I Fisher, I mean, I, I can't remember a player who spoke in more biblical terms than Derek Fisher. When you went up to ask him a question, he'd answer it as though, kind of in that whisper that sounded like he was talking reverently. Maybe uh, Dr. J was a little bit that way. He was, Fisher though, I mean, not to totally get sidetracked on this, but he was part of one of the most electric moments uh, I've witnessed in person. Coming back. From, when he came back yeah. and checked into the game. Mm-hmm. And the the sound in this building uh, during that moment was was pretty incredible, and they won, right? I think it was overtime. Did you check in in overtime? Am I remembering that right? They lost a series. Though. They lost a series, but they won that game. Yeah, it's uh, how can that not endear him to a place? Well, <laughs> he wanted out. I don't want to talk about the content of somebody's character, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Check Jimbo's Twitter. His, his uh, but his track record um, <laughs> with a couple spite, of with a couple of things is not terrific. In spite of the biblical tone. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple instances out there where it was not. I can't. I mean, look, we don't have to dwell on this, but it's kind of fun actually. I can't remember a player who did his team dirtier than Gordon did this team here, the Jets. By not telling anybody yeah. he was leaving and leaving? Yeah, and not allowing them any kind of... I can think of someone. Now, wait, wait, wait. Who? Let me ask you this. Carlos Boozer. Oh. Oh, he... 
He didn't part ways badly with uh, with, with Cleveland. Oh, with Cleveland. Oh, I see. Sorry, I wasn't coming to Utah. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. connection with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be there tomorrow yeah, to sign it. He lied was, to a blind man. Yeah, that was pretty bad. No, you're right. That 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 was it. But but let me ask you this: Did Gordon send signals that he was leaving, and people just didn't want to buy that it? May, that may be true. I mean, I do. He seemed like he was in a state of discontent for some time. And maybe people didn't want to believe it. But I do believe that he never had that conversation. He never told them yeah. that I'm out. Mm-hmm. That I believe that that never happened because, of course, the Jazz would have done something about it immediately, I would guess. But I wonder if the, the if they knew but they didn't want to know. But, but Jake, maybe we can uh, make the analogy with what you were saying yesterday or the day before about athletes who always think that they're at a certain level. They want to believe in in something, and maybe the Jazz wanted to believe that because they are them, they could, you know, talk him into or lure him back into the fold. Remember the summer before was that big deal that he stayed in town because the Jazz wanted him to stay here and work with him, and yeah, I don't know. But they lucked out because they drafted Donovan Mitchell right before he left. Yeah, but they, would they have not done that had he stayed? No, they drafted Donovan, and then he left. So they. But uh, what I'm saying is that they could have had both of them. They did for about three days. <laughs> <laughs> that was really useful. So they obviously wanted to have both of them. Um. But you know it is it is what it is. Uh, Bossavars used to famously say, <laughs> "The difference between how Conley's handling this and how Hayward handled it is the signs that you're talking about." Yeah, yeah. Hayward never, ever one time said how much he loved being here, how much he wished it. He, he, I would like to stay, but I got to see what's gonna. He never said those words ever. He, and he said, had plenty of opportunities yeah. to do what he did. Conley is saying, at least at his ex, in his exit interview, I like it here. I'd love to be back here, but I got to see yeah. essentially what my market Good brings. Point. Ingles mentioned that a couple of times that he's that Mike's never been a free agent, and that might be something he wants to experience. Take some meetings, see what's out there. What's Donovan's relationship like with Mike? I wonder. Seems good, but Seems who knows? Good, yeah. Who knows what to believe? I mean, yeah, you can only know what Donovan and Mike have said about it, and that is that Donovan really looks up to Mike, and says that his game benefits greatly from having Mike on the team, around the team, here with the team, even when he's injured. Donovan said he was very helpful well, towards him. Never was that more evident than that playoff series. You know, if my, if Donovan Mitchell didn't have that opinion before the playoff series, I'm guessing he does now, because that was pretty difficult. Uh, it took a lot of energy uh, from Donovan Mitchell that series and I think a lot of that is because he didn't have another you know, playmaker who was capable of playing against that defense. I, I think that Donovan Mitchell is now approaching a lofty level where what he says carries all kinds of weight. Whether it should or not it's probably true. He just that's what that's what superstars in the NBA uh, do, and uh, the uh, that's what they're afforded. And he's he's at that level now. I, I think uh, I know that uh, that Dennis and Justin they're capable people and all that, but I'll I'll bet they run everything by Donovan now. 
You just hope it doesn't turn out like the Rockets. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, do you think the Lakers talk to LeBron? Do you, I mean, this is, oh, I think. Do you think the Blazers talk to a name? I mean, they it just once you get to a certain level, I think it's just part of the routine. I think Clutch runs the Lakers. <laughs> honestly, yeah, go. it's does LeBron talk to the Lakers? Not does the Lakers talk to yeah, LeBron? I, I honestly, I mean, look at the players they sign. I mean, but is that a good thing? I mean, yes, it's happening, but is I that, is that a good thing? it depends on the judgment of the individual involved. You know, Larry Miller uh, famously always said that the coach always was had his backing and the coach was in charge and numero uno. Well, now we're talking about straying away from that, aren't we? Not necessarily. We're talking about personnel decisions. Mm-hmm. And we're we're not saying if you can dictate you know, what what trades they make and what players no, they sign, no, you don't no, think you can dictate nobody's, what the nobody said dictate. You don't you don't think but, that if it came down to the coach throwing down with the player, you don't think that uh, you think they're gonna go the Larry Miller approach and back the coach. That that's too nope. strong a word. <laughs> dictate, come on, but certainly listen to. Oh man, it, it, you're just changing the language. What what if Donovan Mitchell says this is what's best for the team, this is what I want, and the Jazz don't do it. You mean like you can't play because your ankle hurts? Um, that's not what I was getting at. What if Donovan Mitchell says, I want this player and you need to make it happen? Don't care how you do it, just make it happen. And the Jazz go, I don't think that's the best idea for the franchise, so we're not going to do that. I don't think they would say it that way. I think it would be much more Tar- difficult. Forget than the that. language. I, uh, the language is important. Forget the language. We're shortening it for radio purposes. Talk about the actions. <laughs> If they didn't do it. As I said, Donovan Mitchell is approaching a level now where he has a seat at the table. I'll say it that way. I think that's a day. It may be reality, but I don't know if it's a good thing. Well, it depends on what the player's attitude is. I mean, what, what, I mean, does, I mean, can you see Donovan Mitchell going in and saying, hey, fellas, I want this. Do it this way, or I'm gonna really. There's gonna be a price to pay. Uh, do you think that's the way he would go about it? Hey, suggest you you play Donovan Mitchell for a second. All right, you, why don't you suggest some moves in whatever language you want? Uh, Dennis, Justin, I think it'd be a good idea if we got Dame Dame uh, Lillard. You know, Donovan, we love you. You're great. You're wonderful. Don't you're you're a ter- like you're that. a terrific player. Um, you're you're a terrific human. Uh, we think you're uh, you're you're, uh, you're smart. You're a great leader, but we think that idea is stupid. <laughs> First of all, don't talk how, to me how do you in those t- condescending tones. All right, I don't want to hear that. That's ticking me off. Right. I know. I said way back when. That my mom would kick me, I would kick my butt if I started getting too big for my britches. But you talk to me like that, and I'm getting too big for my britches. You know what? What's that uh, Jurassic Park uh, saying, Austin? Movie Zone tonight. Uh, Life that, finds uh, a way. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, I was, I was thinking more like. Hold on to your butts. They spent so <laughs> much time trying to figure out if they could. How do you hold on to your butt? They probably. Never should asked have, if they should. If they yeah. should, yeah. yeah. I, look, we, I mean, okay, we can use whatever language we want, but I think that it would be in jazz management's best interest to 
make sure that Donovan Mitchell knows that he's being heard, even if he's is not dictating what the club is going to do. I don't think we'd get to that point. But You're I, saying that Donovan Mitchell is good enough that he's got the franchise by the cojones and he should squeeze. No, I, I, no that's, that's not exactly what, I'm saying. what you're saying. That's too much. That's it's too not, much. It's, it's what you're suggesting. No, it's not. Yes, All it I is. said was he had a seat at the table. I didn't say he was going to roll in and bark orders at everybody. That's what you said. You're living in the hundred acre world as where you usual, think it's all I nice say guy. something and then you take it to the nth degree. If they just I, soften the language a little bit, no, everybody will get no, all great. No, It'll just be people fine. People know when you're being disingenuous. It's, That's not what I'm it's saying. It's not actions that matter. It's how we talk no, to each no, other. No, 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 no. Yeah, true. I, I'm saying, I'm saying that uh, before you make a big deal, run it by your superstar. And, and what if he says no? Well, then you've got an issue. And, you know, now you've got to talk some more. No, you've got to do exactly what he wants. No, you don't. The only one who could do that, I think, is LeBron, maybe. James Harden did it to the Rockets and put it right into the ground. Yeah, well, that was their fault. They mishandled Their fault? That. What if they said no? That was the thing. They they didn't want to lose their superstar, so they said, whatever you want. <laughs> until he said, you, I want to Until he bounced. And look how it turned out. Exactly. That's why I don't. That's that, why that you're, is, you see your interpretation of what I said is ludicrous because I didn't say you just bend over backwards for the guy. I, I said you let him have a seat at the table and you talk to a let inform him of what you're what you're thinking about. Yeah, let him think he has a say. Yeah, no. exactly. How <laughs> condescending Guys, is that? This is so great this point. Is BS, man. Haven't you ever been a part of of a uh, steering committee where you have three or four people there and they they all have a say? If if it doesn't go all your way, it doesn't mean you're being disrespected. You get together, you talk it through, and you come to a conclusion. You don't say, uh, no, Donovan, we don't care what you think. And you don't say, yes, sir, Donovan, whatever you say is what we're going to do. You don't say either one of those things. You don't have to exist at either end of that extreme. You just say, hmm, and stroke your beard yeah. a little. and then You're in the room, but not really. It's cute you're here, but your opinion doesn't matter. Wait a minute. What if Dennis and Justin disagree? What if they disagree with Ryan? Well, Ryan's opinion carries the most weight. Well, no, it, does yeah, it. it does. It's, it's kind but of it doesn't it's mean that, the chain of command. It doesn't mean that anybody's being disrespected. It, 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 you just not might not always get your way. Right, which a lot of people perceive as disrespectful. <laughs> and then those people with, the, with uh, leverage <laughs> do something about it. I still remember when And Carl... then you bypass the chain of command and go past Justin and Dennis and right to Ryan. And then you've got a really interesting situation on your hands. Now, don't you? I still and remember. And then that's still, bad news I for still, Dennis and Ryan still, because Donovan Mitchell's still, more important. <laughs> I still remember when Carl Malone made the pronouncement that he wanted a say in, in personnel matters. You know, and I swear I thought... They were building a whole office around his locker down there in the locker room so that he could have a, a management position. It happens. You got to do it. It's like I have, a, I have a friend who was like the national sales director for his company. Very influential person within his company. And he had a... We've heard this story yeah, he a hundred times. This a lot. Let's move on. And, and, Radio is not louder. I mean, it's not uh, lineal, linear, linear. Yeah, yeah, in his opinion. Okay, never mind. We have a lot of (laughs) listeners out there right now who've never heard that story. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
Yeah. yeah if still... I don't get my way, it's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> Daddy got his way. I know. We got it. No. It doesn't make it right. That's not how it is. That's not how it is. You don't even know this story. I've heard it. What did I say? What, what's I've the story? I've heard the story. Okay, what's Go, the story? Please. No, tell me. We're way over. What's the story? If tell me. If you have me tell it, I'm going to break. Okay, tell the story and take us to break. No, no, no. The next words out of my mouth are going to be going to break. So you're going to tell it now. Listen to the guy over here who's talking about... It's 2.36. you got to have your way. That's the split story of the day brought to you by our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. More next on The Big Show. Tell the story. Quick, 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 quick. That's all right. All right. I'm going to take my story and go home. It's Austin's <laughs> No, fault. please don't do that. More next. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.